and welcome back to the Eric C. Movement. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, depending where you are in this present moment. Just wanted to take this time to do a quick episode. I've been in a hiatus on my personal personal uh, anchor account, but I've been very busy with We The Switch podcast. We've been on a new journey and uh, doing other things as well with uh, my family, which is the Guru Cats family, if y'all gonna hear that pretty soon. Um, a lot of cool stuff coming up, but yes, on, the, on today's episode, I just wanted to talk about first world problems. Kind of funny that uh, during this whole coronavirus, COVID-19, BS, we've been quarantined and one of the main problems that I hear is that people are overeating. I'm like, man, that's not even a problem. I mean, yeah, it is a problem because physically you're going to get, you know, obese and a lot of problems come with that. But the problem is when you don't have food. I was thinking about it. I was like, man, the problem is when when people don't have access to food. You know, there's countries in the world that, or people in the world, they don't have access to food like the way we do. We have an abundance of food here. And for the most part, um, yeah, it's coming down this way where, you know, certain areas of certain regions, certain countries are going to start having like a diminishing food supply. And I think it's because of all the the politics, you know, and how they shut down certain industries and how it affects other industries. It's kind of like you get rid of the bees, you get rid of the butterflies, and it has a, a huge problem. It's like a cycle effect. Like it, it uh, connects other other problems, and it opens up new problems so it's like a very interconnected type of thing here where one thing gets uh, mismanaged or and then it affects other things so I'm just very uh, very aware right now that society we gotta get back to being brave and courageous because uh, this whole information confusion has like, kept us at bay, right? We never experienced it at a scale like this. A lot of us that experienced 9-11 were able to see that at one point in our lives, there was a, this feel of patriotism and we were all on the same page about, you know, how we felt about our country. And what we wanted to do, because when that happened, we were all feeling like, man, we want to bust somebody up because somebody just messed us up. Somebody just messed with us. Somebody messed with our hometown. Somebody messed with us our country and you know they told us who, who 
who's the, who's to blame for it, right? And um, they pointed the fingers. And we were like, okay, yeah, let's go bust them up. These people messed our country up. We're going to go and slaughter their ass. That was the mentality back in the days. And I remember there was a heavy feel of patriotism. But it was all under a misinformation campaign. And um, as we all, you know, started to see the the way this this all went down, and, and I'm not talking about it like the buildings. I'm talking about everything, right? The buildings went down, and we started seeing all kinds of uh, information coming out into the world, and it starts to play mind tricks, right? Because you're, how can that be possible? But the truth is very, very crazy. And fiction is not even close to it. So, I'm getting off topic here because of some of my first world problems, but it all ties back into it. So, I'll wrap it up in a bit so I can digest it. But, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that everybody who's listening to this already has a gist of what I'm going or what I'm talking about because. I think for most, for the most part, a lot of people are starting to wake up. I mean, I've been to like seeking the truth for a while, man. I think it was early college years, early college back in 97, 98, when I started understanding how, uh, not understanding, but seeing how some people out there they're trying to get you you know mentally and they they can get you because we're just walking like sheep you know we don't understand we were just following the leader and uh, around 97 98 I remember um, one of my good friends from Dallas rest in peace Chankel Landin he uh, introduced us to 36 Mafia and I didn't know anything about, like, you know, like music and satanic rituals, nothing like that. I didn't believe in that shit. I didn't know that existed. So when I heard it, I was, uh, I was like, yeah, that's a badass music. I think it was called Tear the Club Up. It was a uh, Tear the Club Up, and um, it was a badass song, man. It was a really cool song like it had a badass beat had badass energy you know had ignorant effects <laughs> we had no idea what they were talking about but it was it was a cool song like honestly it was a badass i mean honestly they have really cool music but you know i, I like the band i mean the hip-hop group whatever so later on that summer i bought the actual cd and man that cd was really cool like, a lot of the beats were cool. But then I started paying attention to what they were saying. And it started kind of creeping me out. I was like, I was like, what are they fucking saying? Like, these guys talking about some evil shit, you know? Like, but I was like, nah, maybe it's just, it's just a facade, you know? Like, they're trying to sell records and pretend like they're, like, some kind of witchery or whatever. And it's part of their... You know, part of their character. So I was like, now nah, whatever, I'm gonna blow that off. I'm not gonna. I mean, I, I kind of tuned into it, but then at the same time, 
I think Tupac, right before he died, he released an album called The Illuminati. And I think that was also like one of those little seeds that was implanted in my mind by somebody who had a lot of power, you know, a lot of power and, and information. Or like it just, not information, but just knowing a little bit more about the inside details of how music works, or the industry works. And I think Tupac had a lot of that, even though he was a lot of, he was part of it for a while, you know. I think he got out. So. When I was uh, looking at what was that, you know, I think that's when I first discovered those words and those definitions on what those uh, organizations meant, you know, such as uh, the Illuminati. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I started studying it, not studying, but just like reading up on it. I remember going to, back in the days, it was really hard to get information, 98, 97, my college years. I think I would go to uh, the library and go on like internet and shit and like type up stuff. And then back in the days, AOL and Yahoo, they controlled the search engines, you know, or whatever they controlled. They didn't really control that much, to be honest. But um, it was one of those times where I started reading books and looking up books about that stuff and wondering what it's all about. And I would see uh, Freemasonry. I was like, okay, this Masonic shit um, sounds kind of creepy as well. Very Luciferian, you know, very uh, demonic, stuff like that, witchery as well. I was like, what? This sounds pretty crazy. Like, it's. And I still couldn't connect the dots. I, I was just seeing, like, lots of information. And it was kind of telling me, like, uh, like, be careful. But I was still listening to all that jazz, all that music. Now, I think for the most part, we don't understand the power of media, right? At one age, at a certain age, we just ingest it and we think it's what it is. We get influenced. So I was programmed, I was influenced to listen to all this music and feel like there's nothing wrong with it. Bad words, you know, bad thoughts. You know, uh, just a downplay on degrading people, degrading women, degrading, you know, men, degrading kids, degrading everything. It was just degrading as fuck. And if you hear that unconsciously, like you're just going about your day and you're a kid, you don't even think. I mean, at that age, you don't understand what the hell they're saying. I mean, in my early teens and, and growing up in high school, like... I was just listening to a lot of music. I mean, a lot of it was good music too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of good music and bad music, but there's a lot of people with bad messages and they, they do it intent, you know, with intention. So, throughout this time, when I was uh, doing all this, I guess you wanna call it, like say my research, it's not research, right? It's just you're doing your own homework. You're doing your reading. It's not research. Research is already there. You just have to read read the research. And so, as, if I'm, as I'm doing my little, my pathetic investigation, I'm going to call it pathetic because I was there diving into it, but it was like bits and pieces of information that I would get. And then be like, oh, okay, shit. That's fucking weird. You know, like, oh, man. Because I'm all, 
I've always been very uh, curious, you know, of uh, the mystics, all this, like the magical world. I've always been into the spiritual world, you know, how miracles happen and, and how stuff happens. There's got to be some higher intelligence, right? So I was very, very connected to my spirituality, my religion, you know, growing up with my mom and my grandma and my, my dad. Everybody was very in tune with, with praying and being, you know, polite, being good to people. So that kind of bothered me. I remember, like, listening to music, <laughs> and uh, it would give me this this vibe, like, man, I'm doing, this is totally wrong, but, like, when it, when music is talking about kidding people, and you're, like, kind of rapping about it, you're, like, you're, you're singing along with the rhymes, you're like, hey, how does that even flow with my vibe, you know? It doesn't even make sense, but at the same time, you're like, yeah, it's like a movie, it's fucking fake, you know, whatever. But you consume it, right? So I'm just saying that it's really easy for somebody to get influenced when you're not consciously paying attention to it, you know? And um, I guess my parents knew some of it because they would always tell us, hey, be careful, you know, don't listen to that. Take up that music or whatever. So we would be, I mean, kind of respectful when they were around, we wouldn't listen to it, but as soon as they would leave, we would blast that shit. And uh, literally, right, it was shit. I remember my, one time my, my brothers and I were like, Mom, for Christmas, all we want is just a, C, a tape, because before CDs. We just want a tape, cassette tape. We don't want anything else, no toys. We don't want anything but a cassette tape, each. So my brother and I are like, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna plan it out, man. We're gonna get a tape each, so get one that I like, that you like, and I'll get one that you like and that I like. So that way we have two two tapes that we both like. I can't remember exactly which one we get, but I remember one of them was Two Live Crew Band in the USA. Man, <laughs> I was like, shit. And I opened that tape and we he played it. Yeah, of course, there was one, one, one good song that was popping that, that year. I forgot what year it was. I think it was 90, 93, 90. Nah, it wasn't 93. It's like 91, 90, maybe. And the song uh, it was Man in the USA is actually pretty cool because it was talking about how they're being banned from saying um, certain, using certain uh, words and being explicit with their videos. And they're just explicit. So when we started recording, I mean, when we started listening to the music, they were talking about. Uh, the band in the USA, yeah, band. It's kind of like a Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. But it was a Two Life Crew's version of, you know, Band in the USA, which was pretty cool. That song was pretty cool. But the rest of the album was, you know, nasty as fuck. It was talking about, you know, all kinds of degrading topics about women. And, and uh, you know, they were very explicit. And I just want to give you a little bit of feedback of how, like, my upbringing on influencing and being programmed happened because it, it kind of connects to what I'm going to, like, because it, no, it actually does. Because when I started doing all this research and I'm like, man, little by little, I think back in 1999, like I said, it was really hard to get your hands on a computer and I think we bought our first computer around that time. 
in the house. And having an email was pretty fucking new. Like, we didn't... I didn't have an email during high school, and I graduated in 96. I remember right out of high school, I think I got my first email, and it was with AOL, America Online. I remember you had to, like, put a, a CD on the CD-ROM, and then it would load up. And then you would, like, you get into the internet, it was freaking slow. You know, and compared to now, like, you can get on the phone, and I'm recording a damn podcast on the phone. Super crazy technology. So, um, so I would get on the internet, right? And uh, I remember I would type... Like, you didn't even know. Like, you, you would get on the internet and be like, what do I type? Like, what do I look for? It's just cool. What do I search for? And you would try to search for anything. I remember one of, during this era, I found this website who was, uh, I think it was an Illuminati website or a, a Mason website. And it was cool because I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? Is this shit real or not? You know, let me look into this. So I started looking into the Freemasons and like, oh, shit. They do, uh, they have this website and, and they invite you. They invite you to, to join. Like, what the hell is this all about? And uh, I was like, man, I don't know. You know, this is, I mean, not that I ever wanted to join, but, but it was just like, you know, it sounds really satanic. You know, it's like some shit that I would not like to mess with, but I want to know who these fuckers are because I want to know if they're part of this whole controlling game shit. Or I just wanted I just wanted to know who the fuck they were. And then I started seeing a lot of similarities between Freemasonry and Illuminati. I was like, ah, this is the same shit. It's like two gangs that kill people. Two gangs that have similar you know drives and motives. But they're just named different, you know. And sometimes they roll together. That's what I started seeing, and I was like, all right. When I started seeing how Tupac put switched it up, like, Illuminati, it's like, all right. This motherfucker is against killing the Illuminati, which is, you know, these these bad people that are trying to ruin the world, you know, rule the world and ruin the world as well. Ruin the beauty. So I was like, man. I started studying their symbology, the neurology, they're, uh, I didn't go, get in too deep into other shit. It's just very like surface. Like I was just touching the surface on, on who, how they represented themselves and how they, uh, you know, how they kept it symbolical. So I started to to notice that there are a lot of people or a lot of artists that I would listen to has similar um, information, you know, representing representing them. And it started with, uh, I think, 36 Mafia was like, they're out there. And I was like, yo, this is, I don't think these motherfuckers are connected, but yeah, whatever. But still, they represent the same shit, you know, same evil. So I started doing, uh, little by little over the years, understanding the background of how we're influenced and and for the longest time actually I didn't even get it I was still being programmed still being 
still feeling like I was not in control. So right now, I, I feel like I'm at 85 to 90% control of my life. And, I mean, God is my, my, Jesus Christ, he's my, my leader. That's who I follow. And I don't even call him he, it's just God, man. It's just a person, uh, not a person, an uh, energy that drives me and pushes me in the right direction, makes me make the right decisions. So, I think the where I'm going at with this is that one of the first world problems that we have is that we have information, we have too much information. And with that information, it's easy to get lost. You know, it's, it's easy to get lost in that ocean, vast ocean, endless ocean of information. And now, when we start studying the history and of this country and start studying how they manipulate history, you know. He who writes to history has control of your programming. And um, the only, in school, the education, they only teach us the basics of everything. And one of my good friends from college, he told me, he's a teacher now, and he, he's telling me, man, I, I can't believe that, like, I'm teaching this to kids, man. He's like, I want to teach him something else because I know that he's a math teacher. He's like, I feel like these topics that I'm teaching or these, uh, you know, these concepts that I'm teaching are only just to get them by. Like, it's not getting them into any other mind state. Like, they're stuck, and he feels kind of sad that he can't do more and that he's stuck to what he can do because he's only controlled you know by who puts the lessons plans in front of him so he was saying that uh, he feels like when kids graduate from school which is I can relate to that they go back to college when they when if they do but when they go back to college, they basically they teach them the same things. And they make sure they're, they're indoctrinated with the same information. And they might specialize in a topic or two, you know, that they've been taught during their high school. But for the most part, um, You just, you don't expand on your mind. You just expand to whatever they, the parameters they set for us, you know. You don't, you don't get to really expand on your own creativity, your own ideas about how the, you can make stuff work and figure stuff out on your own. Like energy, you know, medicine, technology, information, you know, gadgets, you know, electronics, stuff that you're curious when you're little. I remember being a kid and being curious about electronics. I would open up the uh, whatever 
electronic device that wasn't working anymore. And I remember like, instead of throwing it away, and this is like when I was like, I wanna say good, between six and eight, maybe 10 years old. Yeah, like between seven and 10 years old, not six. I would open up like old stereos that mom would throw away or like stuff like that. And I actually gonna do that today. I found this AirPod that was thrown on the floor in the park and it's all crummy and old and dirty. And I got back that whiff of like the curiosity of a child. Like when you, uh, and I've had it for months though. And, my, and I told my kids, I'm gonna open it up. I'm opening up. And I was like, I used to do this a lot when I was a kid, you know? So I want to see what technology is in there. You know, what do they have in there? I'm pretty sure it's just, no, I'm not pretty sure. I, I want to know what the fuck is in there. So that's the curiosity I'm talking about. Like your mind when you're a child, before you're heavily influenced by the, you know, the people who control us, your only influence at that point is your, your parents. And when I was a kid, it was very few TV. So I wasn't really heavily influenced by television yet at that moment. But I was um, very curious and hoping them gadgets and see how they work. And I remember at a very young age, was, I think it was fourth grade, it was, there was a science project contest, you know, how you bring your science projects and you put your, your volcano or you actually uh, do a, like one of, the, one of those what, tripods, that's what it's called. And you present it to school, you know, to your class, whatever. And I remember going to school and I didn't have a tripod that day. I was like, shit, I don't, I don't have a science project, but I have this gadget that I made should I take it? And this is before I left school, I was like, kind of embarrassed to take it because I'm not going to pass, you know? Like, I don't have a, a tripod, which is what they wanted. So instead of taking the tripod, I took this gadget that I created. And, and I created this gadget, which was like a little engine of a, you know, one of those uh, pushback cars, right? One of those little electric cars that you just put a battery and you put on and it keeps on going. So I opened up that car took out the little engine inside and I was like let me attach two wires and get a battery and see if I can get it to work so I put the batteries on and the, and the little fucker worked I was like damn this is dope this is badass I remember being like so excited to do that and this is way before the science project but I was doing that on my own during my own time so I was there doing that uh that little engine and I saw a propeller. I was like, dude, if I put it on that little engine, I can make a little van, like a little helicopter van. That'd be cool. So I, I found the propeller. It was yellow, but I remember still clearly. And I don't even know what it was from, but it looked like one of those like circular propellers. It has a circle and it has a propeller inside, you know, like a little fan. So what I did, I connected it to my engine and I turned it on with the, the battery and I had made it uh, to where like the tape you can take it on and off and turn it on you know whenever you want it to and I forgot I think I attached something I can't remember exactly but that was the gist of it so I had it in my, my backpack and I was all embarrassed because 
Everybody had the trifle. They had the volcanoes. They had all this kind of cool stuff. And I was like, and everybody brought their, uh, you know, the teacher was asking for the for the science projects. And everybody, I was like, shit, man, I ain't got nothing that's like that. You know, I just got my little, my little gadget, my little, my little fan. <laughs> and uh, everybody pulled up and everybody took it in. And the lady, the teacher, I forgot, I think it was Miss Ramirez. She called me. Eric, you're not gonna bring your science project? You didn't bring any? And I was like, I kind of hit, hit nodded. I didn't say yes or anything. I just nodded my head. Uh, where is it? It was like, I have it in my backpack. <laughs> She's like, what? So bring it. So she, I didn't. I didn't take it. She came actually came to my desk, and I pulled it out. You know, took it out from the backpack. And then I showed it to her, and she's like, whoa, what is this? And, she's like, and I was like, oh, I kind of made a helicopter fan, you know. Well, how did you do this? And I was like, uh, well, I grabbed an engine from a car, you know, from a radio remote control car, whatever it was. Like, I forgot what kind of car it was, but I remember it was a car. And I took it out of the car, and, you know, I did all this and this and that. And she's like, guys, we have a winner. <laughs> like okay you're you're gonna you're gonna win the science project you're gonna win the science project for our class you're the first place no 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 questions asked like he, she didn't even look at anybody else's project she automatically said I was the winner I was like whoa that's pretty cool man like I didn't even do anything I just did this little cool stuff and I won so I was pretty pretty happy one of the, one of the happiest moments in my life that I was able to win something that I created on my own without any help whatsoever you know just my own two cents and curiosity so I, was so I was so happy and uh you know they take the winners from each class and then they present it in the in the in the in a bigger scale you know which is in the library and i remember they took that my little gadget that's the last time i saw that gadget i never saw it again man <laughs> i don't even know what happened to it but yeah so maybe they fucking patented the whole little fan era thing like they created i don't know man like i see it nowadays like man i created that shit when i was a kid like i see little fans everywhere i'm, I'm not saying that they took my idea but i'm pretty sure that existed already but i didn't know that existed at that age and i made it and so they took it with the rest of the crowd i don't think i don't believe i won when in the, in the major science fair because it was the whole school it was, a, it was elementary school right but I didn't win, but I was happy to just to win my classroom. That was that was my pride and joy right there. I was like, man, I made this cool thing out of nothing, and uh, I can make more. I know how to make it already. And I don't remember seeing it again, but uh, the, the, the moral of the story here is that there's a curiosity in kids, and having that curiosity is very important as we get older because there's things that we take for granted how they work you know like we see a light post and like oh it's a nice light i like the light that it gives but you don't go deeper into that i mean a lot of us do a lot of us don't but there's a lot of information okay why is that uh post where is it getting its energy from or was that antenna over there in the far far left what is it doing there what what is its purpose how does it send messages how does it get messages how does it send information? How does it send energy? You know, all of those questions are important. 
but when we're in our daily routines, we don't see that. We're just seeing point A to point B. We, we don't see point Z. Or vice versa, we go point A to point Z, and we don't see B, C, D, E, F, G. You know, we don't, we don't see all the, the shit they taught us. We just see the shit they taught us, exactly. Not what we want to learn. And that's what I'm talking about, guys, is uh, we have first world problems. We have too much information. And within that information, there's a lot of confusion. And it's uh, built that way for a reason. You know, they want us to be confused. When I say they, it's the people in power. People in power that have a, this control mechanism that they don't want to lose control of. They want to control the way we feel, the way we behave, what capacities we get, and how we influence others. We tend to influence others by the way we behave because of what they taught us. And a lot of it's bad stuff. And there's a lot, there's a lot I get too, but there's more bad stuff out there. And I think people ignorantly follow those trends. And for the most part, they lose track of who they really are. And I'm seeing it now more than ever because of YouTube. Uh, the internet is highly, the internet is not, it's just, a, the main source, but then there's a lot of rivers that go to that lane, you know, that go to that main source. And those rivers are like YouTube, uh, Netflix, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, even Anchor. I'm just saying that there's a lot of ways to share information now, but then there's a lot of kids, a lot of people unconsciously and ignorantly accessing the wrong information. So it's important to start waking up little by little and just choosing the right information. And um, if you listen to the We The Switch podcast, which is the one that I usually, you know, go record on with my, my co-host, you know, with Happy Oscar. We, sh- we share a lot of knowledge in that, you know. And this season, we're going to do a lot of that. You know, but on my personal account, I want to share a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stories of how we get influenced and the, the first-world problems, you know, that we have, that we think we have, when other countries and other people around the world don't have the same opportunities. But sometimes when you're running free... You run into the jungle. You can't get out. But when you have the tools, and the tools that I'm talking about are mental tools, you know, awareness tools, intelligence tools, curiosity tools, spiritual tools, God tools. When you have those tools, you can run into the jungle and survive and bring others to that survival mode and be able to, like, build a village in that jungle. And little by little, you start overpowering that that jungle and you're able to conquer any beast that's trying to attack your village. But you need those tools. You need those tools to beat that jungle. To To beat the beast. Not to beat the beast. To beat, conquer the beast.
and then eat it. <laughs> so, first world problems, man. Tons of information. Too much eating. Too much. Uh, too many. Too many wants, man. We just want everything. We want a new car. We want a new home. And I'm not. I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying that's what we've been programmed to feel like. Man, you can have the same car for 20 years, and well, now nowadays they can program it to fucking fuck up in the fifth year or some shit like that. So you gotta fucking buy a new car. Even me using the word F, the fucking word. I mean, it's just a program word that's been instilled into me that it's hard for me to get rid of. But I'm working on that. I'm working on the words that I use. I've been working on that in the last maybe a good six years on the way I. I word when the way I say stuff to people, the way I say stuff to myself, you know, the way I think, and that's uh, something I need to wake up as well. That's a tool right there. That's a tool for the jungle. You need that tool. The jungle is the world, man, and especially the world that we live in right now is a jungle. It's crazy. It's wild. There's no, no laws, and the laws that are controlled, is the jungle is the government, the jungle is people that want to control you and, and make you think a certain way when it's not the truth and when it's not real, and they want to keep you at a certain level. They don't want to see you rise up. Um, so shout-outs to anybody who out there who's trying to you know, make a change in the world in a positive way, wake up people, share the truth, and not only that, but just being good to people, man. I think that's the basic, essential, most important thing that you gotta do is just be good to people. Good to be good to yourself, be good to your kids, be good to your family, be good to your neighbors, be good to. Why don't you start doing sharing that energy? And I know that a lot of people think it's some booha shit. Like yeah, that shit's. You believe in energy? Yeah, yeah, whatever. I do. And once you start experiencing what I experienced, you'll be like, whoa, this is real. The energy around you is real. We're magnets, guys. We have magnetic energy inside of us. We have electronic energy. And once we get to know how to use it for the good, everything around us starts to feel a certain way. You know, we influence what we want. So, like I was saying, man, just it's very, very easy to just be ignorant and not care and maybe only care about yourself. So, it's better to share your energy, positivity, and uh, be good to everyone. It's the main message, man. Be good to everyone. Peace.